Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Californians are reacting to the verdict against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. Yesterday, a jury found Chauvin guilty of murdering George Floyd. We've been checking in with people processing that decision at home, in the streets, and at our nation's capital. Here's what we heard. They can no longer look at these boys like monsters and that have no families and rip them out of cars and shoot them in the back. Um, the state is not supposed to kill its children, whether they be 50 or 12. And I'm just, I can't believe it. I had no faith that they would come back and give this family justice. I believe change is on the way because if you look back, many of those that have fallen, uh, Black brothers and sisters, uh, have not received justice. The officers were acquitted or were not charged at all. I see this as a, a new birth. What happened to George Floyd is not worth the small piece of what is considered a victory. And again, what I fear is going to happen, we're just going to go back to the status quo because now... White America will believe, right, that they've given the black community some piece of justice, something that we can hang our hat on. In my opinion, this is the human rights issue in the United States of America. And the point is, is that we need to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, put it on President Biden's desk, because that will be the first step to transforming policing. That was Latifa Simon, co-chair of Governor Gavin Newsom's Police Reform Task Force. We also heard from Pastor Ronald Britt, a former deputy sheriff for Santa Clara County. Michelle Watts is a demonstrator who was on the streets of Oakland yesterday. And Congresswoman Karen Bass of Los Angeles joined speakers from the Congressional Black Caucus. As word of the verdict spread, some Californians gathered together to applaud accountability in the Chauvin case. But the mood was tempered by the sense that there is so much left to do on the path to racial justice. Dr. Molina Abdullah, co-founder of Black Lives Matter LA, was at a demonstration in LA, and we asked her what she was feeling and seeing there. It was a combination of relief and 
appreciation of the organizing that went into this outcome, as well as a recognition that we absolutely have to keep fighting because we're fighting in the name of George Floyd and we're also fighting on behalf of all of us, of our people, of the children who will inherit this world. Um, and so we have to not just look at the prosecution of Derek Chauvin and the verdict, the most just verdict we could hope for, um, but we also have to look at how we transform our system of public safety and how we move away from a violent policing system and towards a system that invests in the things that communities actually need. A lot of Americans certainly view this as a just verdict in what remains a very unjust system. Without the cell phone video of the killing itself, it is hard for a lot of us to imagine charges ever even being brought against Derek Chauvin. To you, what does this verdict mean when it comes to the prospect of real police reform in this country? Well, I think that we... Um, need to understand that it wasn't just the cell phone video. It was the willingness of 17-year-old, at the time, I think she was 16 years old, Darnella Frazier to videotape. Um, it was the nine-year-old child who's, who had the will to step up and be a witness in this case. It was the entire community that pled for George Floyd's life and made sure that they bore witness and were willing to testify. It was the millions of people around the globe that stood up and said Black Lives Matter and dared to vision what it would mean to defund the police. And so we need to remember that this verdict came as a result of organizing and the transformation that we're calling for. Not simple reform, but transformation of public safety will become because will come because we stay organized. And in the final days of the Chauvin trial, we learned of several more deadly police shootings of people of color, including that of a 15-year-old girl, Micaiah Bryant, who died in Columbus, Ohio, and whose death we learned of just as the news of the Chauvin verdict was spreading. I want to end by asking you, where do you plan to focus your activism next? Well, one of the things that we're doing, and I'm thankful that you said the name Micaiah Bryant, as we were demonstrating, we got word of Micaiah's murder at the hands of Columbus police. I think that it serves as a stark reminder as we talk about Micaiah, as we talk about Adam Toledo in Chicago, as we talk about Dante Wright in um, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, that George Floyd is an absolutely powerful spirit. The theft of his life cracked the world wide open. And there are more than a thousand people killed every year at the hands of police. And so we have to continue to fight. We have to, again, defund the police. We have to reimagine public safety. We have to work for a world where my children and everyone else's children are safe and our people are safe. Um, and so that's what this moment calls for is the continued struggle um, and the continued work on behalf of our folks. All right. Dr. Melina Abdullah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Young people here in California were a driving force in keeping up the fight for justice following the murder of George Floyd. They held rallies for months, even in the days leading up to the announcement of the verdict. We spoke with Maui Wilson, a 29-year-old activist who's lived in the Bay Area city of Vallejo his whole life. He's the founder of the Vallejo Peace Project. I mean, I think from the people that I have talked to, like everybody's really like almost in the same kind of like twilighty shock. Like, you know, it couldn't have gone any other way, but we're also surprised that it did go this way, if that makes sense. Wilson says he's had his own experiences with police aggression, including a time he walked by a fight that had broken out outside of a movie theater as he was leaving. And then out of nowhere, like I was slammed up against the wall, handcuffed and like thrown, like carried by my belt and my arms and thrown into the back of a police car. And I didn't understand what was going on because, like I said, I just had walked out of the theater. The officer let Wilson go, but he says a month or so later, he and his mom, who's a probation officer, ran into the officer who detained him. And his exact response was like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me who your mom was? And I was like, you know, because it's not my job to tell you who my mom is. You know, it's like your job not to do stuff like that to people without, you know, cause. Wilson says he doesn't necessarily see the Chauvin verdict as a milestone. He's waiting to see what happens with sentencing. It sounds terrible, but it's not like a monumental step. Like, there's still work that we have to be doing. And there's still, you know, people getting shot and killed by police, even while this trial's going on. You know, so just basically making sure that, you know, we don't get bogged down by the work, but also understand that we have to keep moving forward. That was Maui Wilson, founder of the Vallejo Peace Project. The Peace Officers Research Association of California, which describes itself as the largest statewide law enforcement association in the country, says the guilty verdict should be a wake-up call for the nation. In a statement, Association President Brian Marvel says officers must be held accountable when their actions are found to be unlawful. He goes on to say that there should be a national use of force standard and better training standards for all peace officers in every state across the country. Eric Nunez is chief of police with the Los Alamitos Police Department and the immediate past president of the California Police Chiefs Association. Certainly uh, helped to, uh, to reaffirm for everybody involved um, that, uh, that the judicial process is a process, um, but if you give it a chance, that, uh, that eventually that process will bear out what it has to bear out. Nunez tells KQED law enforcement continues to work with the state legislature on measures that will require that police are held more accountable for their actions. A community gathering in Fresno honored the life of George Floyd following the Chauvin verdict. 
Now, organizers are preparing for a large march to remember the lives also lost in Fresno. Sarith Hawk with Valley Public Radio reports. Some of Fresno's leading community activists came together Tuesday night to mark what they call a hard-fought victory. But they say the work is just beginning. Today, we are celebrating the fact that the Floyd family can find peace, but we are not celebrating the fact that this fight is over. D'Angelique Jackson, president of the Fresno State Chapter of the NAACP, organized the gathering. She emphasized that the verdict has major implications for the city's own pending police reforms. There are things that we need fixed here locally that we can't be silent about. Jackson is a member of the city's Commission for Police Reform and is working on a number of recommendations to present to the city council. She was also one of the main organizers of Fresno's large Black Lives Matter march in 2020. This year, she's planning an anniversary march on May 31st. That day will fall on Memorial Day this year. And that meaning to me and the, the thing that it symbolizes is perfect. We have lost so many soldiers. Last year, the march attracted more than 3,000 people and remained peaceful. Organizers hope to double that number this year. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. The California legislature will today take up Governor Gavin Newsom's nomination of Oakland Assemblyman Rob Bonta to be the state's next attorney general. KQED's Katie Orr reports. Senate and Assembly committees will consider Bonta's appointment to attorney general following the resignation of Javier Becerra, who stepped down to become U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services. State lawmakers are expected to question Bonta about his position on issues like oversight of police misconduct, countering racial violence, and gun control. If confirmed by both the Senate and Assembly, Bonta will become the first Filipino-American to serve as the state's attorney general. Five candidates, including Bonta's wife, have already announced their intentions to run for his assembly seat. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for this Wednesday, April 21st. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Make sure to check out our podcast wherever you get yours. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. The law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at PerkinsCoie.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. 
you can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 